Welcome to the OCRWC podcast. Today I'm chatting with Norwegian athlete Signe Karolina Kolsto. She took on four events at OCRWC this year and stormed every single one of them. We chat about her journey into OCR and what she's planning to do in the future. Welcome to the OCRWC podcast. Now, Signy, I've got your name wrong a few times in the past, so please let's start with you. <laughs> you telling me exactly how to pronounce your name. Uh, I'm Signy, or Signy Carolina, but it's a bit long, so I only call, I just say Signy. Signy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we met at OCRWC, well, we met the previous year, but I saw you this year, and uh, as yeah. you were running the 100 meters, Leon took me aside, he's like, her name's Signy, and it's got a G in it. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> this is so bad. And I felt so yeah. awful because you'd had such an incredible weekend. And every time, one, I was calling you Caroline because I thought Sydney was your surname. And then, yeah, I felt like a yeah, right dummy. So one, I, 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 <laughs> it's an old Norwegian name, so I get it. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's get that straight. And uh, yeah, I do apologize because I, I have a name that people get wrong all the time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm used to it, but, you know. It's is a little annoying. So that's how it is. So, Signy, you yeah. had an amazing weekend at OCRWC. Uh, you you did really well uh, the year before in 2022, Thanks. and then you've had a really steady year this year. You've been doing really well, competing consistently, having good results, but you really pulled it out the bag uh, at Mammoth Mountain. Let's have a quick chat about what happened there and what your results were. Um, it started out a bit. Uh, I wasn't too happy about the 3k but because I ex or I, ex I expected more of me I think but um, it wasn't really my course if you can say that with a lot of like trail running not that many grip obstacles um, um so I was a bit disappointed for um about the Friday the 3k mm. but then it just like went up and up the coming days so all over I'm I'm very happy <laughs> <laughs> there, there were a few comments before the 3k that the course wasn't really a true 3k course I did talk about this on the last podcast with Ian Hosek we kind of chatted about the setup but it's always interesting to have more people's opinion did you feel that compared to past years or just compared to other events of that distance it yeah perhaps I I like the the 3k uh, in Stratton. Um there were some more obstacles, some more grip obstacles as well. Um so that's why I guess I was a bit disappointed this year on the 3k because mm. some yeah, there were fewer obstacles um this year than mm. compared to the last year. So yeah. feedback to improve the 3k more grip obstacles go back to how it used to be I mean I know a lot of people love 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 the 15k uh but the 3k it was kind of the the consistent response which was yeah we need more we need more grip obstacles in there we yeah. need to I, I guess a lot of the people who like that kind of fast and furious pace they like the yeah I they guess seem that. to be geared towards the the grip obstacles rather than the the complete the, the bigger range with all the running as well. And the running there was really tough. I mean, I, along a few yeah. of the age group races, like set off with them to record. And I got like a hundred meters up the hill. And I was like, yep, done. <laughs> <Tried> really hard. 
and also with the altitude that it didn't make it easier <laughs> no no the altitude was that was it was kind of tougher than I expected yeah um right. in some ways it was completely fine I've spent a fair amount of time at altitude and I know that I don't there are some things that are fine but yeah I got very and it was so dry as well so yeah it was interesting. It, it was interesting. It was a beautiful place, but yeah, it was definitely tough. And you spent some time um, acclimatizing as well, didn't you, prior to the event? In Colorado. And how was that? Yeah. It was really good. Or it started out a bit uh, because I got sick, almost mm. sick with fever. And so, so I felt a bit sorry for myself because I couldn't do the work that I, that I planned to do. But at least I stayed in the altitude, so I think I got some. Um, uh, I get I got like acclimatized a bit, um, even though I was sick. I think, but uh, we stayed there for two and a half week before we came to Mammoth. Yeah, so that was good. <laughs> was the sickness anything to do with traveling or altitude, or was it just bad luck? I think it maybe was a combination. Um, traveling and the week within it was the world championship in belgium FISO. so you were um yeah and i know also um many got sick like after they came home from belgium uh, some tested positive covid and oh, no. um yeah i i don't think it was covid but um yeah you know when you travel uh, for many hours and you have been competed in three days and uh, lack of sleep and yeah your body is just like um it doesn't have it doesn't have it in it and i think planes yeah. are probably the most unhealthy place we could ever be just a tube with yes. recycled air with hundreds of other people yeah and um, also you, you like say hi and shake hands with so many people in in belgium too <laughs> never know so <laughs> yeah fair. so at least you also had the time to kind of get over the sickness before you got ready to yeah. uh, acclimate and, and get yeah. to mammoth so yeah. the 3k you weren't so thrilled with uh both in design and performance I think you said you weren't so happy with, yeah. with how you I did was a bit heavy. Yeah, my legs were a bit heavy I couldn't run like I thought I could um I think it was both like the altitude and that I wasn't maybe uh, prepared enough for or like I don't know what happened actually. <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't for you. So yeah. the next day, what happened the next day? Uh, the next day was much better. I performed better than I expected actually. Um because 15k is not really in my distance, but somehow I depend, I often like uh, do it better on the 15k uh, somehow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there were a lot of obstacles, a lot of uh, good and technical obstacles, I think. So, um, and I also like trail running. There were some technical trails as well. Um, I'm not that good uphill, but downhill I can just um, yeah, I'm better downhill. So I I um, passed two girls on the way down. Um, yeah, so that was good. And then the highlight of the weekend was the 100 meters. Yes, 
<laughs> I've seen from your social, like especially leading up to the event, you were doing a lot of um, like the ninja style. And last year you did well on the 100 meters as well. It wasn't a, a particularly ninja course at all. It was presented by Spartan. So it was, you know, we had a lot of Spartan obstacles in there and um, Spartan obstacles that are in testing. But there was, yeah. you know, it, it seemed to work towards your advantage. It was. It definitely was. Um, also, the other two, like Jalisa and uh, Tiana, they're really good. Um, like I, this is more like a maybe OCR hundred meter, not mm, ninja yes. hundred meter, uh, if that makes sense. So it was really in my um, advantage. Yeah, 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 advantage. Yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting because the hundred meters has changed every year. It's, yeah. it's it's like we've not quite found the design of what works perfectly. The first year it was uh, powered by Urban Sky, I think, and it was it was a great course. But then the next year it became everyone's called it kind of the jump, you know, jump and hit the bell course. And then last year was very ninja style, and then this year went back yeah, more to last year. Last year was my first hundred meter. Uh -huh. I don't know the other ones. Yeah, they were quite different. I they didn't see the one in Stratton because I couldn't go because of COVID, so I wasn't allowed to travel to the States. Um, but the design, it looked really good. And I think as long as people are kind of competing, it doesn't ultimately matter that much, but it probably does to the athlete because each you know person will perform differently. But a lot of people kind of commented that it was the bells and the obstacles were of the size that you could literally just leap and and yeah. touch the bell rather than having to do so much of the obstacle. Yeah. I think last year was a good uh, combination of all of those. And I think this year was a good OCR course. Yeah. It was, if you if you know the obstacles and you can do them and you can yeah. exactly. move fast. And yeah. people move so fast. Again, like a few times I filmed that course really? and I'm just like running around after them, not doing any obstacles. I got to the end, I was like, oh, <laughs> Really heavily without doing the so fast. <laughs> People are really moving so fast through that course. It's crazy. It's really yeah, tough. Um, but yeah, yeah, good fun, I imagine. Slightly different from doing a 15k, although you got to do it several times. So <laughs> you've got to yeah. move on quite a few times. You also did the team event as well. Yes, I did. I did everything. <laughs> you did all of them. We need a special badge for people who do all of them, I think. <laughs> that would be fun. I think I remember on the coverage, as I was saying, we we're talking about, you know, the teams coming through. And I was saying, you know, and, uh, Signe, I think by that point I had your name right, perhaps. Almost right. Um, <laughs> she's got this really lovely long reach. And then you came yeah. across the cargo net just like, and I was like, there it is. There's that reach. Really fluid and elegant. <laughs> Which I think probably, that's what... Yeah, I think also that's why I won uh, the 100 meter. I was going to say, it probably did you really well in the 100 meters because you've, you've got <laughs> such a long reach and like, you're so tall. <laughs> definitely worked in your favor. Yeah. Awesome. So you mentioned that you did Belgium as well uh, prior yeah. to coming to Mammoth. How was that? Sorry, what did you how, say? How was the Belgium championship? Um, It was good. I like the course. I like the obstacles, um, but I, uh, you maybe heard about all the rules and uh, um, so mm. 
there were some things with the yeah like not the course but everything around with a lot of uh, confusions and a lot of rules and like the rule book is like almost 100 pages um so yeah it can i hope that next year it will be a bit better and easier to be an athlete um, in, in what way that the rules will be more clear or fewer if you're yeah if you like the rules are clear but they have like different rules for every obstacles mm. they have to remember all the rules while you are running mm. uh, but when you're running you just like um it's not that easy to rem remember all the rules when you're running are the rules things that kind of should be intuitive or are they actual things you need to I've never done one of those events so I don't know yeah. I mean I know there are lots of rules and I personally think the more you can strip it down and the simpler you can keep it and we try and keep it really simple the better but I know some of their obstacles are quite complex so I remember a couple of years ago there was one with like red parts where you couldn't touch and I was like yeah red parts yeah. are making it quite clear that you can't touch the red but are there one are the rules that perhaps aren't so obvious that you have to remember uh, some is of course obviously um but like some um i can't remember it was the world championship or um i think it was uh, like some some obstacles you have to start at the first one some you have to start uh, behind the line some you have to start uh, like there's like different starting points and right, yeah. on the obstacles uh, which make it hard to remember which one it was and um, I think it was better with the grip rules uh, at the walls than compared to the European Championship because um, uh, like they also had rules for every like grip um, mm. um, yeah every grip yeah you could hold your thumb attachment yeah 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 um and they were really strict about it mm. yeah it's it's of course to make it um even or like the same for everyone but if you get your thumb up on a grip up or then yeah like how how much do you time do you save by doing mm. that yeah. i get it I, I get what they're trying to do um, yeah and I understand yeah. what they're trying to do with the officials and everything. I just think they've perhaps gone really, really far. And yeah. it's it's actually overcomplicating things because yeah. Yeah, exactly. really each official should kind of just know, in general, this is what you don't touch on an obstacle. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I feel like I feel like they should be so intuitive. A good obstacle should be so intuitive that you just know yeah. how to do it. Yeah. And if there are other ways of doing it, it could be a benefit, but there are options that you can go from this person's less great obstacles to this person's really good. And that's kind of what the sport's about. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I guess it's 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 another way of working through ideas and every race and every brand has to kind of work through yeah. all the different ways of doing things to come up with the perfect solution. And it's just, 
it can I just imagine it could be annoying as an athlete but it, it's been the same way with us we'll have done things and people are like yeah no guys that sucks come on but that yeah I think it can be a bit better uh, a bit easier hopefully yeah. I think so too I, I I think so and I hope it can and will be um yeah. it does feel like kind of rules made up by a kid to make something really cool yeah. Yeah, it's a bit complicated, like too complicated. Um, but the obstacles were fun. Yeah, they look fun. There was some, one, again, like really simple obstacles, but it was, uh, you know, the bars on the chains that you have to, yeah. there's no video on this podcast so people can't see what I'm doing, but if they know, they'll know, you know, your hand shuffle oh, along. It's Spartan, what? they're solid bars, but on uh, uh, the Fizo champs, they were on chains. What? Uh, so... Know? Dip walk, right? Yes, 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 dip walk, exactly. Yeah. But on chains. And that looked awful. That now that yeah. to me is the epitome of a simple design. Yeah. Done really, really well. Yes. I like that obstacle. And that obstacle were uh, actually really long as well. Uh, but unfortunately, it like the, the penalty round it took less um um the the obstacle were longer like time wise than yeah. the penalty round and that was a bit like it should never be an advantage to like, just like quit the the obstacle yeah i mean they're, they're really even when the chains aren't even when it doesn't have chains and it's solid that's quite a tough obstacle with yeah. everything that you're doing throughout a race so it's really going to fatigue you a lot so if it's gonna yeah it was also the last one the last grip obstacle okay well that's good that it's the last grip obstacle so at least you don't have you're not wearing yourself out for the next ones but yeah but still um like both because if you have three bands when you're coming to the last obstacle you know that um if you're too tired you're just going to like quit it and take the penalty round but Like in my opinion, opinion, personal opinion, I don't think it should be like. I think it's a bit sad that you like just like quit an obstacle if you, uh, and just take the penalty without giving it an honest try. I think uh, so. I did. I posted a video on Instagram during our event weekend of a woman who'd been on triumph at the end and she had been trying for ages and ages and ages and she could do triumph she could do the jumps fine she couldn't do the cargo net and she finally did the cargo net and like she fell to the floor and she was just like howling and somebody commented they're like this a championship shouldn't be like this you shouldn't give people the opportunity to keep trying if they can't do it they can't do it it was something as as kind of as as harsh as that and we spoke about it a bit and i was like but i I think that's what makes it so great because people yeah. are trying and that's why they have yeah. that huge sense of achievement because yeah. if it was a case of, oh, I can't do it, just pass, 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 then there's not going to be, she's taken more away from that event weekend than yeah. she will have done if she'd yeah. been able to skip it. That's I for her. Part huh? I actually missed that part a bit. <laughs> <laughs> because now it's like, it's very, um, you don't get those mm-hmm. like the story you told um you don't get those um uh how did i'm missing a word uh experience no yeah, yeah. 
anymore. When you run at the level at pro. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very rare to have anything in a race happen because of obstacles for the for the pros and for you know the top five, ten, eight, maybe. Like it's very, very rare that a place is swapped because somebody's fallen off an obstacle. Like the the finish between the women was amazing uh on the 3k and it's yeah. it is nice when you do get those examples of here is where the obstacles are actually impacting the event because sometimes you might be like what's the point of having the obstacles this could just be a mountain run okay. um but yeah you do just go through them so you know if you as i've gone through footage from the weekend and it is just like they're just going through people are just going through you so you, you've got the skills so so what you're saying the challenge is to find to find an obstacle that's uh that's going to challenge you guys yeah <laughs> you've got any ideas send them our way <laughs> i will <laughs> maybe a walking uh, floating walking uh, no deep walk is <laughs> <laughs> a good obstacle i think that would really yeah i wouldn't be able to do it for sure i can barely do static dip walks anymore um <laughs> So talking about then, all right, that's that's a nice segue into it. What racing is like now as a pro. Let's talk about kind of where you came from and your journey into OCR and to to racing at the level you're racing now. Uh, yeah. Um, should I do it from the start? <laughs> Go for it. And I will ask questions if uh, <laughs> if they pop into my mind. Um, I started doing obstacle races in Denmark. I lived in Denmark for six years. Um, so first, uh, my first race was the toughest race, the one we have here in Europe. Yeah. Uh, I won a ticket on like a Facebook competition. Um, and I found out that I wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I was okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I was okay, but I didn't have like a specific training to it. Um, had you were you training in general, running, any yeah, kind of? I, yeah, I have always been like active. So I played football, I played volleyball at that time too. Um, did some strength workout. Uh, went for some runs, but not really long runs. Um, yeah, but I think I had like the basics. Um. So uh, I can't remember which year it was, maybe 14 or something. Mm. Um, but it didn't start there. Um, I signed up for some more um, when I moved to Copenhagen and did some with friends. But then it started to be, it, it was a bit boring to like stand mm -hmm. in the queue, uh, waiting, uh, waiting for friends <laughs> <laughs> so i just signed up in the elite and uh, i think that was in was it late 17 or 18 17 maybe yeah so then i started to take it a bit more seriously so it was your first uh proper competitive event that you did the in like the first championship um i competed in age group in london 19 mm. uh, the wet and muddy one that was a tough one yeah the year before was really warm 
it was kind of like mammoth this year oh. everyone expected it to be freezing yeah. because it was the UK in October and it was so warm and so dry and then the next year we were hoping for the good weather and it was hell it was so muddy like it was so cold <laughs> I think the women's race was largely decided by athletes falling off obstacles and injuring themselves because yeah. it's so wet and cold yeah yeah that kind of that kind of sucked weather-wise yeah it was but actually i managed to take a third place in age group at 15k but i think also because like so many didn't finish that one uh, i think many stopped because of they were too cold and it was too slippery and yeah yeah but that still counts yeah 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 <laughs> like i did i did a british championship on the same in the same location in 2015 yeah um and so a lot of the same kind of obstacles or very similar obstacles would have been there, the ones that were already nuclear. And that was, it was either October or November. I want to say it was actually November. No, maybe it was December. Really? It was, it was late in the year because October that year, loads of people went to OCRWC and it was after that. So it might have been like the first week of December. Yeah. And it wasn't that cold. Like once you started moving, it was okay, but it was really, really, really wet. And yeah. for a while, I was doing well just because I was able to keep going. And then I wasn't able to keep going. I got hypothermia. Um, yeah. And it was it was one of those races that was kind of decided by the ones who were able to keep going. Yeah. But if that had been me, I would have taken that. Like, I was really disappointed in myself for, for not finishing. Like, I, I cried quite a bit. It's yeah. a really awful... Like, Nuclear is fantastic, but the weather sucks and the mud sucks. So a, a win's a win as far as I'm concerned, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I was a bit surprised because I didn't expect that on the first one. Um, but I remember the scenes. Uh, they were like a, um, like a heavy cargo net. You had to crawl under, dragging uh, like a big sandbag or something like that. Yeah. And I remember when we came out, it was really, really long. Yeah, I think it was really long. Um, how do you call it? Um, uh, you had to like go down and then up again. And then yeah. um, when we came out of that one, like you couldn't see which one, like everybody looked the same. Everybody was completely. <laughs> <odd>. <laughs> so it was uh, it was fun but it was really hard yeah yeah it's I've got a lot of really great pictures from that year like yeah. we had quite a lot of media there that year and the, the images are fantastic but it's really difficult to use them in anything because it's kind of like this isn't what the event is going to be like <laughs> and I don't want to give people a false idea of what the event is going to be like <laughs> like you're not going to be absolutely drenched in mud um <laughs> unlikely anyway but yeah so even after that and after all the mud you decided to give us another go and yes you, were you able to go to stratton in 21 uh no no i wasn't so it was only the one in uh, 19 and then um, 22 and then this year oh, it's been quite a progression for the events that you've been to then yeah that's, that's a good that's a good trajectory yes so, yeah. keep on going upward <laughs> that's so cool yeah so what's your 
favorite part of racing? You said that the 15K isn't necessarily your distance, but you tend to do quite well in it. And obviously you did really well in the 100 meters and you kind of like the grip, intense obstacles. What is it about the sport that is your is your thing that, that sparks you? I think it's because there's so many elements you have to be good at. Like um, have a strong body, run fast, be strong. Um, yeah, I think it's not like only only running or only one thing, but um, and I also really like when like it's not like a standard course. Mm. A lot. Um, In yeah. what way? Like it's it's always um it's never the same obstacles from like one championship to another championship yeah. or uh, from yeah every race actually mm. um and I actually like that yes yeah that's an interesting conversation because there are a lot of people who are calling for standardization yeah. within the sport which I don't know what that looks like yeah I think it's hard in OCR. Um, yeah, but for me, it's, I think it's, I have an advantage when it's like different things every time. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I think maybe it's all because in, uh, where I live, we don't have that many like courses to train on like, uh, ninja gyms or OCR gyms or anything. So we have to be creative creative and do a lot of different stuff um with the things we we got um and i don't know maybe maybe that's why i can like easily adapt to a new course i don't know maybe yeah Yeah. i mean there are different athletes aren't there uh you know john alban always said that he just trains by running and bouldering and that kind of works for him and he could kind of take on most grips whereas some athletes need to learn techniques for certain obstacles and some can I I guess it's like everything you know just like our brains all work differently our bodies will kind of work differently and we'll be able to perform differently even with the same assets if that makes sense yeah so do you are you back in Norway now or do you still what's the racing like there uh, like the racist competitions mm-hmm. it's not really that um technical um we of course have the nature uh, so you can like make a race with very technical terrain um but we we're a bit behind like the obstacles um yeah i think for me it's bit too easy can you say that fair enough (laughs) because usually the one who who wins is the one who is the fastest runner yeah and and you can also do like if you if you can make um over a wall for example um you can only make like you can make 15 burpees uh, instead of doing the obstacle yeah. And then you can run. So, yeah. Yeah. It's been a bit like that in the UK, I think. 
uh we lost a lot of racing i think the market got saturated and then with covid we lost a lot of brands and it it seems to be changing but for a while you did see a lot of people doing the best just because they were the fastest runners and then with spartan for example which is one of the bigger brands here that people compete in with the burpees going to a penalty loop it changed it even more and it's great being a great runner is a huge accomplishment i'm i'm not a great runner i cannot run fast you know it's hats off to them but it's also but I'm working on it and I, I want to be a fast runner. So of course um, it should be. And like, if you, you have to be good at running as well. If you're yeah. Yes. yeah. But it would be nice like for it to be. So you say like you're running, your downhill running is good. So you can overtake on the downhill. That's technical running. I would say that's different to just being good at running and not so great at obstacles and being able to get away with not being so great at obstacles, which is why I think with some Europeans, I mean, we have Nicole, we have Lindsay, we have a few people that always kind of do well at OCRWC. But the results at OCRWC change a lot from other brands like Spartan or Pfizer events where you have the option to fail an obstacle. Because whilst we have the option to try as many times as you like try twice and you're out of the running basically in the event in the elite wave that's that's you know that's the yeah. option for for me who wants to who wants to achieve that yeah. um it changes the results massively it becomes a different event for people yes yeah i agree with this yeah but i, I think actually this year norway like upgraded a bit uh we had the first Norwegian championship this year. Yeah, that was well attended. Yeah, it was. Uh, and I was actually a bit surprised in a positive way uh, with the obstacles. There mm-hmm. were more obstacles than I thought and also more technical obstacles than I thought. Um, so it was a good, like, um, it was called Romerikets Råste. Um, it was a good, like, Romerikets Råste event, but maybe a bit uh, I think in, you, you can still work on it to be like a Norwegian championship right yeah if you get it right. it was good for what it was but to be a national championships it needs to be a little bit more maybe I hope so yeah 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 in my opinion yes um but it's a really good start and um, yeah oh well everything kind of has to start somewhere and yeah. it's good for it to start happening. So was yeah. that part of what FISO do? Was it part of the Federation? I hope I'm so. Kind <laughs> of a bit. I ask a lot of questions about all of that, and I'm still always a little bit confused. I'm sure people at home are like, oh, my God, girl, try and understand. So the the, the Federations exist as separately to FISO, but kind of under the banner. So was that a, a Norwegian Federation event? There's, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, but there, it's an event that have taken place some some years. Okay. And then the Norwegian Federation they decide that you are going to like uh, have the the Norwegian Championship or like you know, <laughs> this is going to be the Norwegian Championship. Cool. Um, and then there is FISO. I hope I get this right now. I'm not sure. I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, but FISO have some rules um and some criterias is that the word criteria very good one yeah 
<laughs> and that there have to be like certain kind of obstacles and so it cannot like only be like a straight run with some walls yeah i think that's how it works but yeah it makes sense um kind of have a fair mix of everything that makes an ocr it's like giving yeah. you a recipe for it yeah and also <laughs> there's this uh world um what is it called um like a series is a world series movie um, yeah there are some criteria also for that one um which one can be in the world series okay Okay, um, maybe I shouldn't talk about it because I don't. I don't <laughs> well, it just invites more questions, which is good. <laughs> but I mean, if that's the case, I mean, my only stipulation would be as long as the event themselves is making money out of doing that. So if an event is said, is told, we want to host a championship here, we'll give you £20,000, whatever. Cool. We need these changes. Well, these changes are going to cost us £30,000. That sucks um, unless they take all the ticket money. But if it's we want to work with you to hold an event and you'll make lots of money out of it. Oh, and by the way, to hold this event, these are the things we need you to do, but we'll help you get there. That's yeah. really cool because it's good for the business. It's good for the athletes. It's good for the development of the sport, which is literally all the really important things. And it gives yeah. good, it gives good events to the athletes. Yeah. And it's nice to work with existing brands rather than, yeah, building so many people just try and put on events and it's, I mean, it's so difficult. Yeah. It's really it's hard to get it right. Um, so it's good to support the people that already exist and, and do that. Yeah. And what about the um, the future of the sport? Um, we just had the news come from Spartan, and I know Spartan in Northern Europe doesn't really exist so much, but uh, about the competitive and age groups waves, you know, kind of becoming one thing. Well, the 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 pro and age group wave just could becoming competitive. How do you feel about that as someone who's raced? Oh, really? Yeah. Know. Oh, so so how it's changed. So back 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 in the day. Yeah. In the UK anyway. Um. So like 2012, 13, 14, 15, the way it worked was there would just be one big elite wave. Mm -hmm. Um. So men and women would go off together. I mean, they were huge. They were really big waves, and they were really good fun. And then you just get your podium winners from that. And then they took that away and brought in the pro wave and the age group waves. And I personally think, and I've said this a lot, so it's that that kind of killed off the sport a bit, uh, especially for women. The women's participation seemed to go down massively. Oh. And there were points where, and there still are points where the women's podiums aren't even filled because there aren't enough women taking part. And I, I, I seem to think, I, I feel like that, even though it should be a nicer option, it scares people off a bit because then you're just standing next to four other people and it's a bit intimidating. Yeah. So what they've done now, and I think I, I it seems to be really well received, which is unusual <laughs> that something is well received, is they're scrapping age group and competitive waves, age group and uh, pro waves, and they're just having one wave, which is called competitive. So men and women will start together and you kind of pick your finish time. So you, you predict okay. your finish time and that kind of sets you off. They kind of set them off in um, almost like time trial style. Go, okay, a few minutes, go, a few minutes. And what happens is there's just there's just men and there's women and the top three men and the top three women take the podium. And then after that, it gets split into age group. 
So you don't need to register for age group or pro, you just register for competitive and then you get placed in age group or pro podium. Ah. Did, did I make sense on that? Yes, but if you like, <laughs> then win the, like, the podium pro-ish, you're also a winner of the age group or no so then if they if you win pro you kind of taken out the age group group you get okay. your top three men and top three women and then everyone else okay. and everyone else is split into age group okay so if you top if you if you came in fourth you can win your age group mm -hmm. yeah i mean or if you came in like 10th you could still you can podium in an age group yeah. um it's just you, you put in group. huh yeah, you do actually win your age group if you're fourth um yeah 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 absolutely okay. um exciting yeah <laughs> I, I i assumed you kind of knew about it so i was just going to ask you because you yeah. raised both but as you don't i hope i've made sense of that how do you feel about that i'm not sure i like i can see it from both sides maybe um because I know um, maybe was it, it was last European Championship. Uh, was it what? The OCRWC. Um, like there were a, uh, some girls, a girl who wasn't like that happy because I was competing in age group uh, because she uh, thought that I was maybe too good for age group yeah um, so she will like have um it will be like a different ranking than i get that so like she felt like you'd taken her podium because yes. you should be racing pro yeah 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 which um, it happens but with no prizes uh, if there's no prizes in age group it doesn't really yeah, that's true. And also it is a, like a world championship and so Yeah. <laughs> the the only criticism I've heard is people who are in age group saying that it'll take away their podium. I mean, for yeah. me, I'm thirty-eight. So my age group is the most popular female, like thirty-five to thirty-nine is the busiest age group in the UK. And someone here in the UK did like a, a table of what would have happened at the last British Championships. And this is this is only for, this isn't for championship races at the minute, it's just for standard races. But if it had happened at the championships, my age group podium would have been filled with pro athletes because yeah. there are more of them. But yeah. then I'm not, I shouldn't be podium anyway, so I shouldn't get annoyed about that. And then surely you just kind of go, well, that's kind of the point of the sport. Like, just get better. Like, if you want it to be, I want a podium because there was no one there. Yeah, yeah. I get like both sides. I think I I see like it's just a bit. Um, I see why age group don't like it if they don't like it. Mm. Um. Yeah, I think it's a, maybe the problem for the age group, not the elite. I think so. Probably, I, I can see it. I can see it if you've been working towards a specific goal of like I'm gonna. I'm going to work towards an age group podium and then suddenly the competition becomes so much fiercer. Mm. Um, and there are there is so far that some people can go and that's absolutely not a criticism. There's just so far that some people can go. And and also for me, because uh, like, uh, last year I got 
two first places in um, in Stratton. Mm. Um, and for me, it was actually a big deal uh, with like um, a sponsorship and uh, like that. Yeah. It looks better on the paper, you know. Of course, this is this is what I can achieve. <laughs> this is what I can do. Yeah. So but, yeah, when you're on your way up and you want to like maybe go a bit more not full time maybe but maybe like less work and job um it it uh, it counts like those first places and second places and it does i mean the world championships the spartan world championships and our world championships and they're all still going to stay the same yeah. um they're still going to say currently they're still going to say age group and elite but I, I do get that point as well. That makes sense. And hmm, there's a lot to it, isn't it? I, I think it's a really good starting point to encourage especially women into the sport more. I think yeah. I think we could see a change of uptake. I hope so. I hope so too, because it's a bit of a shame sometimes when you see the field and you're like, there could be more people here. Like, women can do this. <laughs> yeah. They really can. Yeah. I agree. But we'll see. So what's your uh, future plans in the sport? Uh, for next year or? Yeah, going forward. I mean, I guess, uh, well, I don't know. We've still got a couple of championships to go and then off-season for a short while. Yeah, yeah. I'm off-season now. Um, I only had like a local one here last week. Um, going to Stockholm for a, only like a fun ninja competition, mm -hmm. actually. Um, and also um, a race in um, uh, Canary. Uh, what is what is in English? Uh, island Canary Island. Canary Islands, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in December. Mm -hmm. But also only for fun and also to get away from the cold here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the cold and the the darkness and to get some sun. Yeah work at them and then it starts again in april um i think we'll go to the czech republic championship cool there. yeah there's some great athletes over yeah. on that side yeah and i really I like those, uh, as well it's really technical and that's really my thing <laughs> <laughs> off season has always kind of baffled me some people seem to take a really short period of like intense off and then some what what does your off season look like I got off season like when I came home, so that was is it two three weeks since the um, since my mom? Yeah, <laughs> three weeks. Oh. I think I've lost all concept of time. <laughs> <laughs> Some weeks. Yes, <laughs> but I really need that long off season. Actually, yeah, I think both my body and also my mental uh, because it's it's hard to to race physically and mentally mm. just like um, to get that you have to be like um, on on mm. um and also i know that i have to do some work with my running mm -hmm. and that takes time unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's why i also need that like long off season so i can like concentrate on my running mm and then start again 
So off season from competing, but the training is still pretty intense. Yeah, actually, even more I think than in at this in the season. Okay. Everyone seems to kind of handle it slightly differently, and yeah, I'm always I'm always interested to kind of how does this, how does it look, how does it work, how do you know what's right for your body? It's yeah, it's really interesting. But not that like not that intense, but maybe more hours. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Nice. And then next year, what what do you have your eyes on? Uh, have, you, have you even thought about next year or are you just kind of going to start to make the plans as we get to yeah, it? Yeah, I did. Um, of course, the European Championship, FISO. Um, also, the World Championship, FISO. Um, That's in Costa Rica, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I haven't set the date yet, I think. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't think so. Um <laughs> And the date also depends on whether I'm or not I'm doing uh, the OCRWC. Um, if it's like three weeks within, for mm. example, you can just like go straight to, for example, Colorado again and yeah, altitude training and then to Mammoth. Um, but if it's like for five weeks i think it's maybe a bit yeah mm. it's a long time and if it's too close it's you're not going to get that attitude workout that yeah. well so yeah yeah we're uh, the first weekend of october next year yeah yeah uh, which technically we were kind of the first weekend of october this year but it, the first weekend was a f- sunday the first day was Sunday, so it feels earlier in the month, but it's still the first weekend mm. of the month. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I have no idea where, when Pfizer is, and to be honest, I was going to Google it, but I can never find any information about this stuff anyway. So mm. oh. It's really hard, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't tell you the amount of times like I try and find results on things. Yes. And <laughs> I was trying to find results for the rankings last month, and I even I got in touch with a few different people who do results about the 100 meters, and like we have no idea where the 100 meter results are. So I just had to put a note saying, sincerest apologies to anyone who raced 100 meters i don't know where the results are i can't i can't rank you according to that which kind of sucks but you know lessons for them yeah it's funny though because you kind of you get to a point where you're doing things and you think the information is so clear and you're like how can people not know this and you're like yeah because this is the first time they're coming across it so I, i get it from the other side but it's taught me lessons to just be incredibly explicit with as much as possible it's hard yeah Fair enough. Well, I will um, thank you for sitting with me so late. I know it's uh, a lot later there than it is here. I wasn't sure if the clocks changed this weekend for you as well, because yeah. they, they change in the States next weekend. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So for a week, we've got one hour less difference. And then next weekend, they change overnight during the middle of World's Toughest Mudder, which is going to be interesting. So we have to go through 2 a.m. twice. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's going to be <laughs> Like the hardest time of the night for morale that's going to be really tough but yes yeah, so thank you uh for, for thank joining you. me so late and um it was nice to get to chat to you and get to know you a little bit better. Thank you.